The Gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ according to Luke. Now on that same day, two of Jesus' disciples were going to a village called Emmaus, about seven miles from Jerusalem, and talking with each other about all these things that had happened. While they were talking and discussing, Jesus himself came near and went with them, but their eyes were kept from recognizing him. And he said to them, What are you discussing with each other while you walk along? They stood still, looking sad. Then one of them, whose name was Cleopas, answered him, Are you the only stranger in Jerusalem who doesn't know the things that have taken place there in these days? He asked them, What things? They replied, The things about Jesus of Nazareth, who was a prophet, mighty in deed and word, before God and all the people, and how our chief priests and leaders handed him over to be condemned to death and crucified him. But we had hoped that he was the one to redeem Israel. Yes, and besides all this, it is now the third day since these things took place. Moreover, some women of, of our group astounded us. They were at the tomb early in the morning, and when they did not find the body there, they came back and told us that they had indeed seen a vision of angels who said that he was alive. Some of those who were with us went to the tomb and found it just as the women had said, but they did not see him. Then he said to them, Oh, how foolish you are, and how slow of heart to believe all that the prophets have declared. Was it not necessary that the Messiah should suffer these things and then enter into his glory? Then beginning with Moses and all the prophets, he interpreted to them the things about himself in all the scriptures. As they came near the village to which they were going, he walked ahead as if he were going on. But they urged him strongly, saying, Stay with us, because it is almost evening, and the day is now nearly over. So he went in to stay with them. When he was at the table with them, he took bread, blessed and broke it, and gave it to them. Then their eyes were opened, and they recognized him. And he vanished from their sight. They said to each other, Were not our hearts burning within us while he was talking to us on the road, while he was opening the scriptures to us? That same hour they got up and returned to Jerusalem, and they found the eleven and their companions gathered together. They were saying, The Lord has risen indeed, and he has appeared to see Simon. Then they told what had happened on the road and how he had been made known to them in the breaking of the bread. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Christ. Mary Oliver, in her poem, The Summer Day, asks us a very pertinent question. Tell me, how do you plan your one wild and precious life? How do you plan your one wild and precious 
life. Planning is not new to us and planning our life for most of us seem to be like a game plan. We wanted our life to go as we have expected it to be or how we wished it to be. But sometimes nothing happens how we plan our life to be. And 2020 has made a, a drastic difference, a drastic change in our plans for this year. In the Luke's Gospel from today's reading, chapter 24, 13 to 35, we see these two people walking from Jerusalem to Emmaus. They set out to Emmaus, seven miles from Jerusalem. And many commentators have arrived saying those two could be a husband and wife, or maybe just two common people, or one of those two disciples going towards Emmaus. It is interesting for us to see how their game plan of life is. It is not about their life, but their game plan is about Jesus' life. They're sad, they're disappointed, and their faces are downcast. So in their journey, we see Jesus joining them as a stranger. And he's curious by seeing them, why are you so sad? What is it that's making you to look really down and gloomy? And they say, are you the only one who do not know what is happening in Jerusalem? It is like saying if somebody is coming and asking us, why are you wearing masks or using this? It, it's like, no, nope, so weird because everybody know like what is going around us. So it seems strange when people ask us such kind of questions. So even these two disciples, these two people were shocked saying, how is that you do not know what is happen happening in Jerusalem? And they tell them, don't you know that the Jesus of Nazareth, he was very powerful and he was handed over by the rulers and by the authorities to be condemned to death and he was crucified and buried. He was also a prophet. And many women astounded, shocked us by saying that they went to the tomb, they saw Jesus, and they came running back saying that we've seen the risen Lord. There have been several incidents like this, people coming and saying that they have seen the risen Lord. All this is okay, but what we hoped is that he would redeem the Israel. He would liberate us, give us that freedom from Israel. So what we hoped did not happen. So this is what was transpiring, the conversation happening between these two people and Jesus. I want to draw your attention here because Jesus is trying to break the pattern of storytelling or the narrative what these people are again and again and again saying here. We've seen how 
Mary expressed her consternation and went back to disciples saying that she has seen the Lord. Peter looked into the tomb. Even the beloved disciple looked into the tomb. They went back and then Jesus appeared to his disciples in the upper room. And then when disciples said to Thomas that the, Jesus had appeared, then Jesus had to appear for Thomas. So this story is revolving around this disciples. And Jesus break this pattern saying, how foolish you are. How foolish you are. Don't you know what scriptures have been said? From the prophet's times to Moses, it has been said that the Messiah should suffer and die so that he will be glorified. How is that you don't grasp or understand what has already been said in the scriptures? So when Jesus was having this conversation and trying to explain to them, uh, telling them about the scriptures, by the time they reached the village Emmaus, and Jesus was planning to move a little further in his journey, but these two folks, they stopped him saying, come, stay with us, because the day is nearly spent. It is getting dark. Come, stay with us. Come, stay with us is at least twice been mentioned in this gospel portion. It is appropriate to mention Pope, late Pope John Paul II, who says, come stay with us. He actually takes it from this portion of the gospel in his apostolic prayer. In Latin, it is mene nimus come and domino. I hope I'm pronouncing it right, but it just means come stay with us. So Jesus enters into that house. The moment he enters, he takes the bread at the table and then he blesses the bread and immediately he vanishes from that side. We see Jesus as a stranger journeying with them and when he enters into the house, completely he has changed another role of a host there. The moment Jesus took the bread, it awoke some memory for them. They immediately recognized who he is, immediately recognized, and that has connected them to the hope that God gives us. So come stay with us is something that we realize and recognize the resurrected presence in our midst. Just with what they have, Jesus had taken that and blessed it to share to multiply, multiply and to spread that love and joy to the world. When Jesus just vanished, disappeared from that place, then they begin to talk and say, didn't our hearts burn on our way while he was talking to us and revealing and telling us about all the scriptures? And immediately they don't stop, wait up to, okay, this is already night, so next day morning we can head out to Jerusalem. Instead, immediately they swing back, they just get back to Jerusalem to share this joy and to proclaim that they've seen the risen Lord. The host, uh, the hospitality factor comes in here when Jesus, a stranger, gets in and becomes a host there. Many a times I've seen in our houses, we have the beautiful quote which says, Christ is the head of this house, is a silent listener to our all our conversations and a host and every, at every meal. 
So I, when I read this portion, this uh, pericope, it immediately connects me. Um, it correlates with that theme because it aptly suits how Jesus as a stranger enters and he becomes host and is there in our conversations. And when they're saying, stay with us, Jesus staying with them, he has revealed who he is. He has transformed them uh, into as agents to go and spread the word of good news and proclaiming that Jesus is risen. There are three things that we need to um, notice or three things that stand out in this uh, gospel is, first, all the disciples, as I've said, all the disciples took divine revelation, took divine revelation as evidence. None of them believed just because they believed by the scripture or what Jesus has said. It is just by seeing Jesus they have believed. So everybody took the divine revelation as an evidence to believe that Jesus has risen. The second thing that stands out so powerfully is when Jesus gets into the house, his blessing. And we, we have that Eucharist element there where we remember God and um, which gives us hope, especially at these times that always Jesus is with us. So it constitutes not only a faith journey in us, but also uh, 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 constitutes worship, the faith, and also sacrament and word in our lives. And thirdly, if you see in this whole gospel portion, at least nine verbs have been mentioned. They are going, Jesus staying, then coming again, and Jesus blessing. So at least nine verbs, which means it shows a very intense movement. Like Jesus is coming, there's a movement, and when they see Jesus, again they're running back to Jerusalem. So a kind of movement is taking place. It is to say that Jesus' presence, his risen presence, it's not just for us to, it is not just a mundane movement or just as simple as that, that we can just think it is just to me, but it is to go to the ends of the earth and just proclaim the good news of the risen presence that he is with us and, he, and we are just wrapped in his love, grace and peace to see the future glory in him. As I said, the Mary Oliver's poem uh, about um, the summer day, what is your game plan? What is your game plan? These disciples had game plan just for Jesus and not for their life. And it is essentially important as we see the scripture portion, how Jesus had transformed them. Our game plan is to journey with Jesus, to journey with Jesus. Our lives can really get wild. It can be really precious when our lives are nearly well spent with Jesus. Jeremiah 3.16 says, When you stand at the crossroads, when you stand at the crossroads, it's not literally standing at the crossroads, but when you're confused, when you're disappointed, and the disciples are not coming grips with resurrection, when you stand at the crossroads, you have to ask God for the ancient path. That is the scripture, the experience, the word, where the good way is and walk into it and your souls will find rest and peace in it.
Our lives can be precious and wild as we continue our journey with Jesus, with this risen Jesus. He will stay with us. He will take care of us. Our hope, everything is just in Him and with Him. May God bless these words, Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit.